welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. She stop the rain. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood, as we finish up our month of folk horror, because we are celebrating a birthday today on the podcast. We are celebrating one Allison's birthday. No, not the fucking Viking Santa himself, Allison, but a different Allison. They might be related. I don't know. We'll see. We're celebrating her birthday of turning 19 and getting absorbed by a rock that's blue and it kind of looks like something from He-Man. We're celebrating Allison's birthday because we're going to be talking all about the movie Allison's birthday. What's going on? J.K. Klein, Allison, what's going on? Allison, are you related yes. to our girl Allison in this movie? I, I don't think so. She's. I don't think so. She's Australian and I'm not. But yeah, I don't. I don't right. think. I don't think we're related. Well, I was gonna ask you, man. I mean, but, like, you might, you know, maybe you have some ancestors, maybe. And uh, how how do we know, Allison, over here, that you are not the latest uh, incarnation of this Mernin demon? Well, that's a good point because you know they did. This does go back to like uh, you know Celtic mythology and or Celtic demons, and I am definitely pretty much one hundred percent. Celtic descent. You kind of look like a demon. So you never sometimes. know. You never know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, you do actually look like one of those warriors, like some sort of Celtic warrior. You know what I mean? Yeah, that may be the greatest compliment I've ever received. <laughs> there you go, man. You know, you can just put one of them Celts <laughs> on you, paint your face up, get you a sword, you'd be ready to rock and roll. You know what I mean? Yeah. But absolutely. But we are finishing up our fun month of the folk horror while doing a um, a spiritual demon and and Celtic rituals today here on the podcast. But it's been a pretty fun month, I would say, uh, diving into the folk horror. We'll probably explore this month again later on um, down down the road. But you know, just like all the podcasts, we like to talk all about what was happening during this movie of Allison's birthday because this movie came out. December 26, 1981. And, you know, 1981, we have done like a ton of shows that happened around 1981 um, so far. But this movie was actually released in Australia. So we, we, are, we are driving the DeLorean. No, no, not DeLorean. That's a different show. We are driving the Trans Am. I wish we could do the DeLorean to the flight. They'd probably save us some, some uh, flight money. But we had to drive the Trans Am to the airport and fly all the way down to Australia to see this uh, very interesting style movie. Yep. And 
you guys are wondering, what are we going to be listening to around December 26, 1981? Well, I thought it'd be pretty fun on the music side. And I think Allison's going to get a kick out of this. Yes, both of them. Not just the one I'm talking to right now. We are going to be jamming out to a very popular Australian band. ACDC, brother. That's what we're talking about today. Oh, yeah. And, you know, ACDC is probably like the most popular Australian band. So I thought it'd be pretty, you know, pretty good to talk about them. And the closest record that they had released during this time was actually a month before this movie came out. It was on November 20th, 1981, when they released their album, For Those About to Rock, We Salute You. Hell yeah, what a great album. So tell us a little bit about the ACDC, their Allison. Oh man, my my history with ACDC goes back so far. They're like one of the first hard rock, they may be the first hard rock band I ever heard. Well, ACDC and Kiss were probably the two first hard rock bands I ever heard. But, but yeah, I remember... Um, back in black coming out or not well not specifically the like the day it came out but like i remember it being like a big album and like my cousins playing it um and then this was like their follow-up to that yep um this was like i think their only number one album um but this was uh this is not as good as back in black back in black's a masterpiece every song on it is great yeah because but they this, still play this, those tracks yeah. to this day black and back in black yeah, they, they still they still nearly play the entire album to this day and on and for those about to rock, though, like the title track is so good, but the rest of the album is really good too. And it's a lot of songs that most people haven't heard from ACDC. Um, it's heavy, you know. It's it's heavy hard rock. You know, it's like ACDC. ACDC is kind of like Motorhead. You know, if you like one of their albums, you probably like all of them because they all sound almost exactly the same. Yes. So this album, um, you know, we got a couple couple good track listings, like you're saying. For those about to rock. Um, title track put the fingers on you let's get it let's get it up i wonder if that's what our boy peter was saying to <laughs> i'm sure it was he's probably listening to this as he uh as as uh, during this movie yeah. inject um, the venom is, inject the venom doesn't it have night of the long knives on it too yep that's on the uh, side yeah. b side oh b. and this yeah, and this b. one spellbound that kind of fits our oh, allison yeah. story maybe we'll play that one yeah they should show I was about to say they should have used that for this uh, for this movie. Exactly. This, although I doubt this movie could have afforded to buy an ACDC song at, yeah. <laughs> at this stage. <laughs> yeah, because you know, like you were saying, this is the follow up to their um, "Back in Black" album, which is like, I yep. mean, it's probably still one of the most played, one of the most popular albums that's ever come out, especially with rock and roll. And you know, that album came out a year before this movie came out in the 1980. But it's just right. crazy to see, like, you know. This band, they're still rocking today too. Like they still go out and tour and 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 get out there. Yeah, they put out a new album not too long ago, like a few months ago. And well, it was I think it was last year now, but and, you know it was, it was still several months ago. And I'm feverishly waiting for them to announce their their tour whenever that happens. So I I definitely want to see ACDC one more time before uh, before they have to call it quits. Yeah, <clears throat> so. The concept video for those about to rock, um, it was on an open air rock concert in Moscow in 1991. It was named after the album and title track. It featured live performances by ACDC and other rock bands, including the title track. So, so we have a couple, you know, they, they were going out touring. Maybe we'll find some tour footage 
and put it on the uh, Facebook page for everybody to kind of show you what a 1991 uh, ACDC and how they're rocking out to everybody. But, you know, like I said, this is a popular band. And to tie it into wrestling, they do the uh, theme song to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And, Have they done any other um, ace, uh, wrestling themes? Um, the only thing, let's see, I know, the only thing I know about ACDC and wrestling is apparently Vince McMahon is like a huge fan of ACDC. So anytime yeah, he, he loves can, ACDC. So anytime he can use their tracks for like openings or pay-per-views, he'll use them. But I don't think they actually ever done, oh, and WWF I'm saying, I don't think they ever uh, done a, a an actual wrestler's theme song, like coming out to the ring. But they have done yeah. um, like title tracks, you know. Yeah, I, I the only thing I can remember, I seem to remember, um, I remember Chris Candido came out to Back in Black when he was in ECW the second time. I'm pretty sure. I think him and Tammy Sitch used to come out to Back in Black. Um, yeah. and I'm trying to remember if anybody else has, but those are the ones that I remember. That's the one I remember specifically. Yeah, I mean, if if anybody was going to come out to, like, normal tracks like that, it'd probably be um, an ECW, <laughs> I'd probably say. They didn't really play for oh, all yeah. the rights and stuff. Oh, and I, mean, I don't think they paid for the rights to any of those songs. <laughs> I, I doubt they play, They paid for the rights to enter Sandman a single time that Sandman came out to that song. Oh, yeah, definitely not. But, yeah, it's definitely pretty fun. Um, and then we'd definitely be rocking this ACDT track. Um, I haven't heard, like, a ton of them. But, you know, other stuff I have heard, they have been pretty fun. I probably pop in the cassette and i mean make it rocket oh out. yeah but um let's move on over here uh what kind of wrestling are we seeing before we see before we celebrate allison's 19th birthday so um around this so this time of the year um the the time basically from thank i think we've talked about this before but we'll mention it again for the people who don't remember but uh, the the time from Thanksgiving until New Year's is a really what well, that's this time that we're talking about the eighties was a really popular um, important time for professional wrestling. It was like the busiest time of the year, partially because kids were out of school and could go to wrestling shows. But it was like a tradition. So like on Thanksgiving night, we've talked about this before. On Thanksgiving night, people would go have you know they'd have dinner with their family. And then they'd go out to the wrestling show. Well, the same was true for Christmas. So on Christmas night, um, they would usually have like a big wrestling show too. So, um, you know, Jim Crockett, um, I don't know about WWF so much, but I know that Crockett Promotions had a Christmas show every Christmas, um, either on the either on Christmas night or the day after Christmas. Um, AWA had a Christmas show. Um there was a Christmas Star Wars, I think, from Texas, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, but, um, you know, this this was a big night. So so there were often very, very big shows that happened with big main events. And this year was no different. So I was going to ask you, though. So we're going to go back to Texas, mm-hmm. um, to Dallas, Texas, your old stomping grounds. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> and on December 25th, 1981, there was a, the third Star Wars show was held. So, but it, but according to my uh, source here, it doesn't say it's WCCW, which is what I expected. It says it's big time wrestling. Do you, are you familiar with why that might be and why it was not WCCW? Um, 
Not really, unless they had, like... Unless they had... Sometimes, you know, they... For big shows, like, territories would mix each other together. But I never even heard of big-time wrestling. Let me see. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of heard of it. Like, I mean, I am familiar with that term. And the, the term now is used by that... um by that group that runs those little independent shows that usually books people that just got released by WWE. Yeah. But they're out um, of Detroit, but they're, yeah. So this is a completely different group. Um, so I don't know. And the Von Erichs were on it. Um, Fritz Von Erich was on it. Um, I mean the great, I mean, you know, one of the, sh- one of the, one of the, um, so, matches, I, I, so apparently yeah. the WCCW was originally known as big time wrestling. Uh, I knew there was an answer to that. Yeah. So that, and, this is before they became WCCW. Yes, and until the late se- 1970s, it was dominated by its owner, Fritz von Erich. So that solves that. So this basically yeah. is WCCW. Yeah. Um, because you know, this was kind of a... Oops. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, sometimes back in the territory days, um, especially uh, not, not so much at maybe the beginning of the eighties, but maybe towards the end, a lot of territories would mix each other together to, to bring on big shows. So I mean, the only thing I knew during this time was the NWA champion was the only one that got basically rented out to everybody. So he was in the NWA, but he got rented out to different territories to, to have like a champion that re- represented the whole National Wrestling Alliance. So it was a part of that alliance. We get the NWA champion. Even if you were in like different territories at the time. That's the only one I can kind of see crossing all the borders. But yeah, that's just, that's just what the name was before they, they eventually switched it to WCCW. Right. Yeah, because that was something that would happen. So you still only had really one world champion, which was the NWA champion, which was Ric Flair at this time. Um, and you know, Rick would go around to different territories for a while and then, you know, you could see the champion. Um, so this, at this time though, uh, Rick was not in Dallas. He was, uh, he was in Greensboro actually, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, in Atlanta, but, um, I'm not going to go through, uh, every single thing, but, um, the first match on the night was El Negro Assassino, the black assassin. Who I'm assuming is a luchador. Um, he battled Richard Blood to a draw. Oh. So, do you know who Richard Blood is? <clears throat> Richard Blood. The yeah. most famous blood of them all. Now I have no idea who the <laughs> fuck Richard Blood is. Oh my Unless god, I know different... it is now. I just Yeah, you up. do, don't you? I was about to say, it's, it's, it should be Ricky Steamboat, unless yes. there's another Richard Blood that I don't know about. But um, I'm assuming this is Ricky Steamboat before he switched names. Although I don't know why he switched names, because I I am pretty sure that Ricky Blood is a better wrestling work name. Well, maybe. Than well, maybe what happened was Richard Henry Blood. That's actually his real name. Maybe they thought the Blood was too too much of a heel. I mean, too much of a bad guy. Only only bad guys are named Blood. That's uh-huh. true. Too much of a heel name. Yeah. Um. The um. Jose Lothario defeated Ernie Ladd to win the Texas Brass Knucks title. Now, that's a pretty hardcore title. <laughs> Damn, the Texas Brass Knucks title, brother. Let's just fucking beat each other I mean, the, the smithereens. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if the show is on YouTube because I'd like to. I would like to see this Br- Brass Nucks title match. Um, uh, the original Blue Demon was on the show. This was a huge show, so I'm going to go through everything. But Great Kabuki defeated Fritz Von Erich in a Texas Death Match. Nice. Uh, three of the Von Erichs, Kerry, Kevin, and David, defeated Frank Duzik, Bill Irwin, and Tengu. Uh, Tengu is Kendo Nagasaki. I guess they thought that was too hard to say, so they changed his name to Tengu. <laughs> Um, so in that match, who do you think the heels were? Oh, it had to be my boy Tim Goo. Of course. <laughs> All right. <these laughs> I was about to the... say they're they're fighting the oh. ultimate faces, yeah, and then they have a Japanese guy, so they have to be the heels. Yeah, right? from the Orient. Um, uh, the, from the Orient. <laughs> these guys <laughs> facing good old American boys, the Von Eric kids. The um, and then uh, then we had a King Kong Bundy who was wrestling under the name Big Daddy Bundy. He wins a two-ring battle royal. Yeah. Uh, which David Von Erich is in. Um, wow, yeah, all um, the guys came back out for that. You know, yeah. King Kong Bundy for a long event. time was a big big star in WCCW. That's actually where he made a lot oh, of his, yeah. um, you know, that's where he made his name at first until he went yeah. to the WWF. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like we've talked about this before, but like a lot of those guys I think would have been huge if it hadn't been for Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like King Kong Bundy. I mean, that guy wasn't, I mean, he was so good for a, for a guy that size for just a big fat guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a great wrestler. He was a great heel, but you know, you're never going to out Hogan Hogan. And no matter who you are, I mean, I guess being a heel in the WWF in the eighties was better than being a face because you could never, you could never, you could never get above Hulk Hogan no, no matter what you did. But, um, but I guess, I guess he had the best run he could have with a, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a villain. And he probably made way more money in WWF than he did in, uh, WCCW or whatever. But yeah, he was a huge star in Texas. Yeah. I mean, um, he was just like, uh, I mean, he, like you were saying, he's just like a big wide guy, but for his size and everything, he can move around pretty well. And he just had a very yeah. like dominating presence about himself. So anytime like you would put him against like a baby face, you know, since he was so big and massive, like it always made the baby face in peril, you know, like, so yes. every time it looks like this guy can actually beat up a lot of your heroes. So that's why he was always a good villain because he's very believable. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and he could, you know, he was, uh, I would compare him almost to Vader. Like Vader was a big guy that could move. Although Vader was better, yeah. but you know, he was, uh, you know, big van Vader was like a big, huge guy that could move. Um, you know, Vader was doing moonsaults and things like that. I don't, I don't think King Kong bunny could do a moonsault or maybe even climb the top to climb up the ropes, but he was still pretty, pretty good for what he, what he could do. Um, as I mentioned before, there was one other, sh- actually several shows at night, but I'll, I'll mention a little bit of one other one. So at the Omni, so, uh, Jim Crockett ran a show in the Omni. um, uh, which was opened by our boy Ron Bass back Ooh. on the back on the Retro He's Blood back show. Back here, brother. Bass has yeah, made his defeated, return. <laughs> Bass has made his return. He defeated Ted Oates, who I'm going to assume is uh, John Oates' brother, but I don't really know. Um, then um, later on in that match, you had the main event of that show was Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes for DQ. So that would have been one of the biggest matches you could probably see. Yeah. Um, you know, like the Flair had the title and he he defeated Dusty Rose by DQ. So Dusty, you know, typical, you know, we don't want to we want Dusty to win. We want Dusty to stand tall at the end, 
but we don't want to take the title off Flair kind of situation. Well, do you remember the uh, dusty finish? The dusty finish, yes. Do you want to tell the audience the, uh, what a dusty finish is? Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely will. Um, I might get it wrong, so you might have to correct me. But we'll So see. a dusty finish, um, it was actually not invented by Dusty Rhodes, but it, he, but it was most famously used by Dusty Rhodes almost constantly. Yes. So my understanding of what a dusty finish is, is that, so you have your title, you have your, your world title on a heel, but you want your face to be standing, you know, tall at the end and you want people to scream and, you know, to be cheering for your, for your, for your face, for your hero. So you have the hero win the match, you know, usually win the title at least in front of this crowd, you know, it's not being filmed. So it's just this live crowd. So you have your hero win the title in front of this live crowd. But then a day or two later, you find some reason that he didn't really win. And you put the title back on the heel again. Yep. Um, you know, uh, you find some technicality that he didn't actually win, you know, so you, so you get the best of both worlds that way. Yes. The good old dusty finish. Now, the the one I remember, the first time I saw a Dusty finish or heard about one was the 1997 Starcade where they had Sting and Hulk Hogan. And Sting won the belt from Hulk Hogan, but then there was some sort of technicality when it comes to Bret Hart, you know, doing the count and everything, and they eventually stripped his ass on Thunder. So that would be a call to Dusty's finish, like what Allison was saying. You win the yeah, title that's the only in front one I can of, think of. Yeah, you win the title in front of a crowd. Crowd's all happy. It's either the next day, next couple of days. Oh yeah, by the way, the the referee <laughs> slipped on a banana pill, so uh, you can't have the title more here. Give it back to the hill. Now we've yeah, had a or couple, the time actually ran out or something. Yeah, like and another one I can remember too is this was kind of the dusty finish, but it happened all in the same match was when uh, Chris Jericho beat Triple H uh, for the championship on Raw, the opening segment of Raw. But they counted as referee Earl Heffernan doing a fast count. So then they came back after the other segment after he won the belt. And he, the referee said, yes, I did a fast count. And then they stripped Jericho and gave it back to Triple H. So that would be like a form of a dusty finish. It just The normal dusty finish would be, you know, get the crowd, come home happy. And then later on, whatever town we're in, oh, yeah, that didn't really happen. Get, here's the that belt really back. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I could kind of see like, you know how, like in the nineties, they would do this a lot. Like they would like WWF did this a lot where you would have, well, they did it both ways, but like you would have us, uh, you know, your, 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 uh, baby face about to win the title or some championship from the evil heel. And then the evil heel would cheat and win the title. And then you think it was over, but then your, uh, commissioner, <laughs> Yeah. The uh, commissioner of the WWF, whoever it was at the time, who Jack was always Tunney. a face. Yeah, Jack Tunney or Shawn Michaels or, mm-hmm. you know, whoever. Mick Foley would come out and say, no, 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 we're not going to have that. We're going to restart the match. And they've done that. That's kind of a dusty finish, too. Dusty finishes were easier in 1981 because most shows, hardly any shows, were filmed or televised. So the only people that knew about it at that time were the people that were at the crowd, at the show, at the actual show. Um. So, but it is kind of an interesting, like, little history in wrestling, uh, the dusty finish. Yeah. And it could still be done. You know, it was done right and done a lot. It could be, you know, pretty good heat on uh, particular characters. But, you know, it is kind of like a weird rule. Like, it's kind of, okay, well, I mean, I won the match. Like, okay, this happened, but 
it's a technicality. Yeah, so. well, it's not really a rule. It's yeah. like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a gimmick. You yeah. would say it's like it's a way to keep uh, to get to have your cake and eat it too. Um, there was one more match um, on that card that I was going to ask you your opinion about. So Tommy Rich defeated Abdullah the Butcher by disqualification. So think about that for a second. <laughs> for everything that we know about Abdul the Butcher with stabbing people in the face with forks and things like that, like what exactly would constitute a disqualification in a, in a, in an Abdul the Butcher match? Um, a low blow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It must have been a low blow. Like it's okay, too. It, yeah. or maybe it was the disqualification for kicking too much ass. Maybe that's always my maybe, favorite. Maybe one. so. I mean, he can like, um, you know, he can. It's okay if Abdul the Butcher stabs you in the head with a fork. Yeah, you're just gonna count to the count to four, make sure he lets you go. But if you low blow him, then it's over. Then you and you lose. Yeah, let me see if it. Uh, let me see if it even says on here what it was. They say what it was. How he how he beat him or no? Oh no, mine it doesn't. It just says it was okay. a DQ. I don't like the my my source that I use. Um, just tells you the doesn't give results. me specific. Yeah, it just gives me match results. We're gonna go with low blow. Thank <laughs> you. We just sure. it up. But I'll, maybe I'll post them. Uh, Abdullah the butcher attacks Tommy Rich. We'll see what these guys look like. <laughs> let's see. Let's see what we can find. But um, before we get into my rock story for this week's. Uh, Allison, we actually have a big wrestling week coming up next week. Yes, coming oh, yeah. up this, this coming up week is it's WrestleMania week, the biggest week in professional wrestling, at least these days. Yes, it's pretty crazy. And ironically, yeah, ironically though, from for us and for a lot of wrestling fans, it's least famous for being. Uh, it's it's this the least the least reason that it's the biggest week is because of WrestleMania itself. It's usually every other mat every other show because everybody <clears throat> everybody has a wrestling show in yeah. the town that WrestleMania is in. Which I didn't actually not know this until a few years ago. Um, I did not know that every person that ever promoted a wrestling show had one in the town that WrestleMania is in. Like that, like. Four or five years ago, that was a new concept to me. Um, but yeah, so if you go to WrestleMania, you could probably go to 30 wrestling shows yep. that weekend and not even go to a WWE show. Yeah, pretty um, much. I mean, GCW alone has at least 10 shows. Yes, because they have the Bloodsport, Joey Janela Spring Break, and a couple There's of There's two of those. Two of them, yeah. Yeah, he's doing two this year, and then there's 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 one that starts Friday night at midnight called Planet Death. Um, Ring of Honor has a show at eight o'clock on Friday, which is May, you know, the first Tony Khan Ring of Honor show. Um, Impact has their show at ten o'clock. GCW's Planet Death is at midnight. Um, I think there's ships some starting as early as Thursday, too. Yeah, there's a couple of stuff. They usually started on Thursday. Kind of like, um, I'm not sure exactly. I know there's the Wally Mania, which is like, a, yeah, that's happening. Okay. I forgot about that. Wally Mania yeah. is coming. Um, have you ever been to any WrestleManias or no? 
No. Okay. So um, I have, I've had several opportunities, but I've never gone. I almost went to the one in Atlanta, but I didn't. Um, had I known, if, had you been here, then we would probably went. We would definitely went to the Atlanta one. Yeah, definitely. Um, we were gonna go this year, but uh, circumstances did not. Uh, wow. Which work is out crazy because it's in Dallas. <clears throat> it's in Dallas again. Yeah. Like because you know, when when uh, WrestleMania came around Dallas last time was April third, two thousand sixteen. That was my first WrestleMania experience. Because, um, you know, in Dallas, I was li- I lived like 30 minutes from Dallas from my house. So it was freaking, I was going there all the time. Now, this WrestleMania was pretty bittersweet for me, the one I went to. Because at this particular time, I was going through a really bad back injury. And two yes. weeks before this, I actually had like back surgery, which they didn't fix my problem. So my my sciatica in my leg was killing me. But I still went to all the shows I could. So the shows I went to was I went to one of the Wally Manias um, that they actually had. I think it was on a Thursday, kind of like how they're doing it this year. And at that time, that's when that was, this is before MLW became like a wrestling promotion. This is just when they had an annual Wally Mania, which just means they just had a couple people on stage, a couple wrestlers, and then of course the rapper Wally Mania just kind of made yep. it into like a Q and A slash concert. And they had like, I remember seeing Big E there. They had Conan there. Um, I met uh, the Dave Meltzer. I met him there. I met Kevin Sullivan. I met him there. Um, so it was, it was a cool show. And then on, um, I think it was Friday. I That's when I went to the, uh, there was like a, a really early morning. Well, I went to the Fan Access. And then I went to um, uh, Evolve. All right, just for a little bit. I didn't even know what Evolve was at the time. Because I was a little bit like you, Allison. I was like, you know, I knew the major stuff coming. Like, I was a big fan of Ring, Ring of Honor. I knew they were coming. And, of course, I was yeah. a big fan of the WWE stuff. But there was just so many shows going on that I was like, I was just at, um, I was just at the, the con. And somebody was all like, hey, you know, Koto Ibushi is going to be at Evolve. And I was like, okay. I, I was watching New Japan as well, too. I was like, well, fuck, I'll go there to meet that guy. He's like one of my favorite wrestlers. So I go to the Evolve show. It's like 30 bucks to get in. And I, you know, right. and I, it's crazy the people I met there. All right. I met like Ricochet there, got an autograph and a picture with him. I met Will Ospreay there too. And yeah, this is, uh, bef- this is long before Ricochet was signed by WWE. Yeah, right? exactly. This is back in 2016. So this is when these guys were like kind of like coming up a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, NXT was, I would say it was definitely hot during this time. And I'll get into that in a second. But, um, you know, this is like this is. I didn't really know too much too much of the evolved people. I didn't know too much of the, um, you know, the matches. I I didn't, I didn't barely even knew some stuff about Ricochet and Osprey. I've heard of them. I knew they were a bunch of high flyers, but I didn't know what their match was like. So so I remember going there, and the first match I see is check this one out. I think it was uh, it was Johnny Gargano versus Drew McIntyre at Evolve. So I remember seeing that match, and this is when McIntyre. Was like I think he was either gonna go to Impact or he was actually like getting his way back up to WWE. And go ahead. Yeah, I was trying to remember. No, I was trying to think. I was gonna say that I, I can't remember if that was like right when he was coming back to WWE. Yeah. Or if he was coming off of Impact. Yeah, because maybe I think he was coming to evolve or something. Yeah, I think he was coming. Like this is like a kind of like a transitional period where he might have been off Impact, going getting for involved for a little bit, but then about to head up to NXT. Because, yeah. you know, this is when Gargano just was, like, doing both. He was doing Evolve and NXT at the same time. But, you know, I didn't really okay, know. Okay, so Gargano was signed. 
Uh, he wasn't signed yet, but he point. was making shows at NXT during this okay. time. I think he got signed like a little later. Um, but also too, you know, I, I even like skipped the main event, which I kind of regret to this day, skipping a Will Ospreay versus Ricochet match. But the thing is, I just didn't know too much about him. And I didn't want to miss the Ring of Honor show because I was really yeah. big into Ring of Honor. And the main event of that Ring of Honor show I went to was um, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly in a street fight match, which is excellent. So, and then from yep. there, I'm not done yet. I started at nine o'clock. Okay. <laughs> I already went to Fan Access. I already went to most of the Evolve show. I saw a whole Ring of Honor taping, TV taping. Yeah. Then, and when you say nine o'clock, you're talking about nine a.m. Yeah, nine a.m. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So we're watching wrestling at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, nine in the morning. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I didn't watch wrestling. I was at the uh, Fan Access first. The well, wrestling, that's true. You were at the Fan wrestling didn't start until like noon, but it's still noon. Um, and then from there, I waited for an hour, and then it became the WrestleCon Super Show. And that shit was like four hours, okay? So, like, I just watched more of it. And this, this match had, um, it had, a, it had the Hardy Boys were on that show. They were in some sort of, like, street fight match. It had, like, Will Ospreay versus Marty Skrull. Um, you know, when Marty Skrull wasn't, yeah, when he was around. <laughs> and it did, had, did you say Marty Skrull? Skrull. Marty Skrull. <laughs> did I say it wrong? I think you're saying it right. It just sounds like you're saying Marty Squirrel instead of Marty Squirrel. <laughs> the villain, the villain boy, the villain man. Marty Squirrel. Marty, Marty Squirrels. <laughs> and then uh, there was like a main event. I can't remember what it was though. Like there, there was even like a Landstorm versus Matt Hardy match. I remember seeing that one. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was getting super heat during this too. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, but then after that, then the next day was NXT um, Dallas. Which had that great uh, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura match. Yes. And it had that great American Alpha tag team match with FTR. And it had that great Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor match. Because this is when NXT was red hot. Like, that was probably one of my favorite wrestling shows of all time was that NXT TakeOver Dallas. Like, the one this year is going to totally suck. Nobody's going to give a fuck about it. But the one I went to was crazy. It was better than all the shows I went to, personally for me. And then, of course, I went to WrestleMania, which I actually wasn't I wasn't a big fan of that WrestleMania. It was kind of boring, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, this year, the NXT show is in the middle of the fucking day. It's like Well, at it's at PM. noon. Yeah, it was like, I think it's at noon. And I think it's noon yeah. Dallas time. It's like 1 p.m. here. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I can't decide if they just don't want to go against the stuff that's on Friday night. Um, or if they just don't give a fuck about NXT anymore. Well, it, I mean, they kind of care about it, but it just it's just not a, it's not hot. It's not hot like it used to be. You know what I mean? It's more about... No, but that's to, their fault, though. That is could their fault. It could be hot. It just... Yeah, it could be hot. I mean, it has some good people on it, and they, they're just trying to make it more, you know, they're trying to make it more... What I'm guessing, they're trying to make NXT more like Raw and SmackDown, where we have more characters. There's like quotation marks i'm doing over here they have more characters you know what i mean they're trying to make it more like the raw and smackdown show so when somebody transitions to the raw and smackdown you're a little used to like the actual format of the show because the format of nxt before was way different than raw and smackdown it was more wrestling based like an indie show yeah yeah, it was, yeah exactly it was just more indie based more character more like feud driven this new nxt is more characters look at us we're young characters we're young, beautiful people on TV. We have some good wrestlers. And we have Gunther. I mean, that guy's fucking awesome. 
You know what I mean? So we have some good wrestlers. Yeah, and Walter Nixon. wasn't good enough. Yes. Wal- his, his name being Walter wasn't good enough. They uh-huh. had to change him to Gunther. Yeah. We have Gunther boy. He's up there chopping fucking people. So it's like a little mixture now. But it's not like it used to be. But, you know, I mean, this WrestleMania card was headlined by Triple H and Roman Reigns. So, you know, obviously Triple H, we found out too, he had to retire from wrestling. Um, yeah, you know, after, uh, after a lot of the heart issues and stuff. So, you know, Triple H yeah. to me was actually, I mean, I always liked him. You know I mean? I liked all his characters. I liked him when he was in DX, uh, when he when he was in Evolution doing his Reign of Terror. He was good. I mean, he's he's definitely laid his mark. And of course, you know, he had the NXT going on. It was like his baby during mm-hmm. this time. So, I mean, the career of Triple H is outstanding. And he's definitely one of the best of all time. You know, sometimes he just doesn't have the chemistry with a lot of athletes. Like, to me, the Roman Reigns versus Triple H match, pretty boring. But that doesn't mean Triple H has had boring matches later on, you know? No, I mean, Triple H is one of the best of all time. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think the problem with that Roman Reigns-Triple H match was that Roman just wasn't ready. Um, Vince is really good at shoving people down your throat. Yes. He's done it many times, and it's, it almost always works eventually. It just takes a long time because he did the same thing with The Rock. When The Rock first came out, ever, people hated him. Like, I mean, I know it's hard to believe now considering how big of a star he is for the, you know, for the people out there, but like people absolutely hated Rocky Maivia when he first came out as a wrestler. I mean, they would boo him. They would chant, die, Rocky, die. Um, like they hated this guy. And, you know, a lot like it was with Roman Reigns. And then the WWF just kept pushing him down your throat until something worked. And eventually it did. And I think it's starting to click with Roman now, finally. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah. That is, he's light yeah. years better than he was around 2016. Right. So, but what? Yeah, no good. I was going to say some of my other thoughts about this WrestleMania, sure. you know, for being there live. Um, the big arena of Dallas, like, I was up there in the high seats. Like, I thought I got good seats because I went to that WrestleMania party. I thought I was getting good seats. No, they sucked. So, <laughs> so I was up there. Yeah, you were in the football stadium, right? Yeah. So the ring it yeah. literally looked like I could pinch it with my with my hands. That's how small the fucking yeah. thing was. But they had this humongous, gigantic screen. So you can see everything on the on the huge screen. You know what I mean? But I'm not I didn't pay this fucking money to go see some big ass screen. I could just watch that shit at home. You know what I mean? You, or you the movie watch theater. It at home. Exactly. Or a exactly. movie theater. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's all about the atmosphere and stuff, but I'll just like I don't know, just like something about this resume I just wasn't digging. I liked about three things on it that I saw personally. I liked when Bray Wyatt came out and he confronted the rock and we had that rock versus the Vintner match for like two seconds. Um, I liked when Austin came out and stunned the New Day. My girlfriend was very happy about that. And, and, um, oh God, that's about it, really. Like, the problem was it had some okay matches on it. Like, it had, like, Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose. Like, nowadays, if you hear Brock Lesnar versus John Moxley, you know, like, you would think that match would be fucking awesome. They just got there and beat the shit out of each other. No, this match was boring as shit. All right? And then we had Undertaker versus Shane McMahon. And that match, you know, the match itself was boring. The only cool part is when Shane fell off the cage. That's what everybody was waiting for. So, right. Yeah, because that's what every Shane match is, right? You're waiting yeah. for him to fall off something. 
Yeah, and the only and another thing I was gonna say was the AJ Styles. His this is his first WrestleMania when he fought Chris Jericho. That match is pretty good, but the problem is I got there kind of late, so I got to my seats right in the middle of the match, so I didn't get to see the whole thing. I mean, I've seen it before, but I haven't seen the whole thing. I actually missed the ladder match that happened beforehand. But uh, the triple threat women's match was was pretty good too. So it was really cool to see the three NXT stars that I saw. You know, you know, uh, Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha you know, come up and be on a big WrestleMania stage. So it wasn't that I didn't particularly like this particular WrestleMania, but the whole event made up for it. Like the whole Ring of Honor show was awesome. The NXT show was fantastic. Like basically this is what Allison's saying is if you ever go to a WrestleMania weekend, you're a diehard wrestling fans like we are. WrestleMania is almost like the backdrop. Like it's almost like, yeah. okay, you got to go there because that's why we're all here. But the funnish shows are going to be the shows surrounding WrestleMania at the time. Exactly. For, well, it, yeah, for, for wrestling fans, yes. Thanks. And I did want to go back a little bit or like mention something too. Um, so <clears throat> 2016 is also a special year for wrestling for me because, I mean, I'd always been into wrestling, but I would say from maybe 2011 up until about 2016, I'd kind of dropped out of it. In fact, I'm not even sure, um, definitely not until I had the uh, network was I watching WrestleManias. So I probably haven't even seen necessarily maybe all of those manias from that time. But this was like, I know this this will sound really strange and it'll sound like like I'm talking about ancient history at this point, but it's not that long ago. Is like when stream wrestling, like streaming wrestling became like a thing for the first time. 2016, 15, 16 was like the first time. I think I discovered it in 2015. Because I was like, well, I wonder what New Japan Pro Wrestling is doing. And I, I wish I could see those shows. Because the only way I was ever able to see a New Japan show up until that point was to get a, a, a to was to trade tapes. Yeah. To get like a VHS from somebody from, um, you know, like some online store that I would send a money order to. And they would send me a, res, a, du, a dubbed wrestling tape. Um, but then I went on um, one of the uh, pirated streaming sites where you can download things. And I just typed in New Japan Pro Wrestling to see if I could download anything. And then, like, I downloaded a show that had happened the day before. And I'm like, well, how is this possible? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> I know that yeah. sounds crazy to think now, but it's like, how is it possible that I can watch a New Japan show the day after it happens? And then I discovered they had a streaming service and that I could watch those shows as they happened. Which was mind blowing to me. Yeah. Um, Same know, thing uh, over uh, here. Because yeah, I, I, of Honor. I found out about the streaming say, service in yeah. 2015. So I think that's when yeah. it came out. Yeah. Because I was, I was, I'm pretty sure I discovered it right around the time of Wrestle Kingdom 2016 because AJ Styles had just left. Because I didn't know that was happening. Like that was something that surprised me. I was downloading shows. And I downloaded some uh, New Japan shows with Ring of Honor when he was the leader of the Bullet Club. And they were doing their American tour, the Global Wars tour. And um, he would, you know, he would come out there and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I need to start watching New Japan to see, uh, you know, this bullet, you know, see the Bullet Club and to see uh, AJ Styles lead the Bullet Club. And then I watched Royal Rumble. And then he appeared. Yeah. And he had signed for WWE. So it was a shock for me. But, um, you know, from then on, like back then, R Ring of Honor didn't have a streaming service like they have now. 
So you would just buy an internet pay-per-view, which I tried to buy an internet pay-per-view a few years before from like Mexico and it didn't work very well. So I was really, I felt really burned on that. But then by that point, they, they were working a lot better, but yeah, I mean, I can imagine what you're saying about that WrestleMania show being a little disappointing because you saw the ring of honor show, the super card of honor show you saw was, was amazing. Did you go to both nights or just one night? Uh, I think I just went to one night because I went to the Friday one, one. the first and the second. Yeah, Yeah. because the one that there's one that went head to head with NXT and I had to go see the NXT show. So I saw the one that was headlined by, um, by Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Yes. So you saw the Saturday night show. So there must've been one Friday and one Saturday because back then WrestleMania was only one night. Yeah. So, so that would make sense. So it was on Sunday. So they had a show Friday night, which was the would have been the night the NXT show was, and then you saw O'Reilly and Adam Cole no holds barred, yeah, uh, yeah. which went for thirty minutes. Um, yeah, the main event of the night before that was the Young Bucks versus the Motor, Sh- Motor City Machine Guns, which would have been also and fantastic. Yes, yeah, this has been uh, this is when like you know those independent shows or whatever Ring of Honor's and stuff they were just all on fire. Of course, you know they're still on fire nowadays. It's just mostly like AEW. And I'm pretty sure the Ring of Honor yeah. show is going to be pretty hot too. So you know those are yeah, those this Ring of Honor show is going to be great. Yeah, yeah. 2016 was a golden age for wrestling. Yes, I mean it really was. I mean you had Kenny Omega and Okada like you know burning up Japan. You know, and there were one hour draws. Like we could do a whole show on wrestling from 2016, but 2016, yeah, yeah. 2017, 2018. Those three were the biggest years in indie wrestling that I have ever seen. It yeah. was amazing. And they had some, you know, they had some WWE during this time too. They had some okay, like the thing about the thing I remember about this particular WrestleMania coming out of it was the Raw after WrestleMania was really good with Roman getting his, his, his heat. We had the debut of Enzo and Cass, you know, when they were hot during that time. And, yeah. um, I do remember the feud between Roman Reigns and AJ Styles and the matches that they had after this particular WrestleMania. And after I saw that, I started to warm up a little bit more to Roman Reigns because to me, those are like fantastic matches. And I wish they would go back to that feud because I always thought that Roman Reigns and AJ Styles had really good chemistry. Yeah, no, we have to have AJ Styles uh, t- tagging with Osmos. What's that guy's name? Almost. 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, but I heard this year, like, I, like, like, as I've mentioned many times on this show, I do not watch the weekly WWE shows because I don't have enough life left to, uh, devote the time to them. Um, but, uh, cause on, on, on the day that I die, I don't want to look back and say, well, I'd have five more hours yeah. a week and I not <laughs> watched weekly WWE. Yeah, skip it. Um, but I do watch the pay-per-views. But I have heard, and th- I'm hoping this rumor is not true, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it is, that Almost has a match on the WrestleMania card, but Ricochet and Finn Balor do not. No, you're right. That I am right. So okay. the rumor is, yes, before we, before we doubt, before we get into other stuff, is he's gonna be facing Bob Lashley? Almost is, and then of course Ricochet is on the SmackDown before WrestleMania, defending his Intercontinental Title against Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza in a triple threat match. 
And our boy. Yeah, all three great wrestlers. All three great wrestlers. That should be on WrestleMania. Exactly. I mean, that's a goddamn shame. Yes. And then Finn Balor is going to be in the Geek. I mean, Andre the the Giant Battle Royal is going to be in the Jobber Battle Royal. Oh, my God. We got two nights of WrestleMania. But, you know, hey. We gotta get we gotta get them yes. celebrities on there. All right, come on now. Yeah, we have we have Johnny fucking Knoxville on the main card. Yeah, brother, number one contender. Like, let that sink in. I, Johnny Knoxville. I am as much a wrestler as Johnny Knoxville is. Yeah. Like by this definition, I could be on the WrestleMania card, but Finn Balor and uh, Ricochet are not. Well, you know, the WrestleMania has always been like that. It's all about celebrities. Like like we were saying, you know, WrestleMania has some, every once in a while, we'll at least have one or two good matches for sure. But, you know, it's more like an attraction kind of thing. You know, when you want good wrestling, you want the good experience. You know, if you're going to WrestleMania, you got to go to all the sideshows. I mean, that's just pretty much how it goes. So, but let's move on. I think we did enough yeah. wrestling talk, but it was yeah, pretty sure. fun. Now, before we get into Allison's birthday, before we celebrate her 19th birthday, everyone, I just have one more story to tell everybody. Now, I, every, every podcast we had for this month, I was telling about stories how I met rock stars. And I said, the best one for last. All right? So, we're in the summer of 2007. This is my first time, when, well, this is the first time I got to see one of my favorite bands because they actually came to Texas during this time and they're actually doing a tour in North America. Actually, this might have been the second time I saw them. I saw them one time at Trees, but now I saw them. This is like the second time I actually get to see them. But I bought the tickets where you get to meet them. And I'm talking about one, the 69 Eyes. One of my favorite bands of all time. So I was like, okay, I like these guys. I'm a single guy. You know what I mean? I'm going to see if these guys want to party. I like the party. I know they like the party. I'm going to meet them. We'll just see what happens. So I buy them some Gentleman Jack. The, you not know, bad, not, not bad. Yeah. So I was like, you know, they like the party. I mean, Gentleman Jack, you can't go wrong with it. So I wait in line everything. I get to meet him and stuff. They're talking. They said they just made a music video and stuff. So we're talking. This is their music video. Um, they just got done making it. Um, and we're talking everything. And I, I was asking them, like, hey, where are you guys going to be hanging out? Because originally I was going to go invite them. If they weren't hanging out anywhere, I was going to go invite them to this club that my friend was doing a modeling show at but they're like oh yeah we're gonna be going to the clubhouse which is which is a a, a stripper joint owned by vinnie paul at the time from pantera mm-hmm. and i was like shit okay cool i was like gave him the liquor and stuff and it's all like hey man they're like they basically invited me like hey man you should show up while i'll hang out i was like yeah man i'll be there no problem so i gotta watch her show and everything i'm watching the show everything's cool and everything so my friend who was in the modeling show, I told her, because we I thought we were all going to try to go meet up with her, but she's like, oh, don't worry about it. I know people at this strip club. I'm dating somebody from there. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go pick her up. We go to the strip club, and she gets me in there for free. So I, so like right when I walk in to the strip club, there's the band, 69, just hanging out, having a good time, drinking the liquor I got to them. And they all saw me. We're like high-fiving and stuff. You know what I mean? So we start talking and everything. I just talking to the main singer. He, very nice guy. Um, very nice guy. Very cool. Very down to earth. We're just talking about music. We're talking about other stuff, light stuff. And, you know, we're talking to a couple of strippers at the same time, too. And eventually, you know, they wrap up. We wrap up. I get out of there. So, really cool story. Like, it's very rare that somebody could tell 
somebody else or, or the audience say, I've hung out with my favorite band at a strip club before. Yeah, so. that's, that's like a Motley Crue story. Yeah, I know. It's pretty wild. <laughs> like, And they were super cool. Like Everybody was there except for the drummer. The drummer wasn't there um, at the strip club. But all the other band members were. They're all really nice. You know, they're from Finland, so their English is like a little different. So, you know, me, you hear me on this show. <laughs> you know, sometimes, yeah, like, you, you know, there's a little bit of a language barrier, but they were all very nice, all very cool. The main singer says, hey, man, thanks for getting me drunk tonight. So that's all I needed. Yeah, but, that was worth the investment for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Speaking of plus, worth the investment. The strippers was a bonus for that, I'm yes, sure. Yes, yes, it was a bonus. I met a hot one, too. Yeah, buddy. So there's a, you know, it's definitely a fun night, you know, back in 2007, brother. But speaking of investment and speaking of, um, well, we didn't speak of demons, but there's a demon in this one. Let's get into Allison's birthday. Mm -hmm. If there is a spirit in the room, please move the glass towards the yes. All right, we have arrived, everybody. And this is actually an Australian film. All right. And this one right here, uh, we started off with three um, girls, and they are playing a game. They're playing Ouija. Is it the Ouija board game? Um, it, it, it seems to be, um, or that's what they call it, but they're using like little, um, tiles, right? Yes. I was like, okay, it's maybe kind of weird. They have like <laughs> these little tiles and on their Ouija board. Well, they're using, yeah, they have like these little, it looks like pieces of paper with like names oh, right, around yeah. a circle and then a yes in the middle and they're using the glass. I was like, these fucking, are they too cheap to buy one in boards or something? Or is it copyrighted? <laughs> They made their own Ouija board. Yeah, they made their own fucking Ouija board. I was like, what kind of ghetto shit is this? But I was like, okay. So they're in a room randomly. And they want to conjure a spirit. And Allison is like, are we should be doing this? And then the main girl, who's like kind of got the whole group together, she's like, yeah, all the kids are doing it now. I'm like, okay. All of them. I was like, okay. Apparently, they're all doing this right now. All right. So now they're asking. They keep asking, is there any spirits here? Is there any spirits here? Say yes. Say yes. And then, of course, it eventually lands on yes. And then, uh, they, you know, just like always, like, oh, you moved it with your finger type of stuff is happening. And then eventually, uh, we get a message when, when, the, when the, the glass is moving. And it's basically warning Allison, don't go home on your 19th birthday. And then randomly... This, this main girl that was doing the whole thing. The spirit of Allison's dad has taken over her body. <laughs> and boy, you should have heard this girl. Stay away. Go. He's kind of sounding like our boy from New Year's Evil. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even that good. Like, I <laughs> fell out of my fucking seat when this happened. Like, <laughs> Stay away. I mean, she, she sounds like a goddamn Muppet. <laughs> Like she does, she sounds like a muppet. She's like yeah. literally like. Well, my like favorite. I, that even sounds better than it is in this yeah, movie. No. Like it's un, it's unbelievable. Like I was like, 
Yeah. I was I I was I was stunned. One thing you, I think you you didn't mention though is yeah she says don't go home on your nineteenth birthday. Yeah, but during this scene, Allison is fifteen, right? No, I think she's sixteen during this time. Maybe she's sixteen. Okay, so yeah. still this is um, three or four years. Yeah, <laughs> away. Yeah, exactly. So we're we're way in the past. At this we got point. a warner so I'm wondering, on the, no, does we, the movie need to start here. Well, well, see, it just so happened that we can <laughs> time travel. Uh, kind of. Kind of. I'm not really sure how this actually happened. <laughs> because we find out what happened with the parents everything later, but maybe we can tie it in with their spirit is trying to warn Allison about the 19th birthday before it's happened because they know this. They know the secret of this clan. Right. But the, the glass breaks. Eventually, the window starts shaking. The possessed uh, body is like, oh, no. The, the spirit... Marine, is it Marine? Uh, is it? It's Mer- Myrna. Is Myrna. It Myrna. Yes, Myrna is coming for me. She found me. Everybody's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Eventually, a bunch of glass breaks, and then a bookshelf falls onto the girl who got possessed, and I guess she died by bookshelf. Death by bookshelf. Death by bookshelf. So now we are at a record store. Allison, she is now eighteen, about to be turning nineteen. Uh, at first, I thought it was a family-owned record store, but it's not. That's just where she works. She works into the record store. And I was, and I was thinking about this. I was like, man, I bet Allison would have a good time in this record store. And they were playing oh, yeah. some, like, Beatles music. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, it's Beatles-like. Beatles-like music, yes. Yeah, I'm guessing these are Australian bands that we've never heard of, I'm assuming. Yes. And then, apparently, her... Allison's... Friend, they never say he was a boyfriend, but he basically was her boyfriend. Um, he is like the DJ of this particular record store, or maybe he's the guy who tries out the records and makes sure they're not scratched. What a job! Um, and then so, um, Allison's like, Hey, let's meet tonight. I can cook you some steaks and watch a movie. I was like, I like where this is going already. <laughs> steaks in a movie, brother. That's the way to a man's heart. Hell yeah, brother. So now they're watching a movie together, I guess after they ate their steaks. And this is when Pete's like, oh, I know it's everything's going to happen during this movie. So we're seeing like just little like connection between the two. And then during this, we keep hearing a phone ring. All right. And the phone rings and it's actually Aunt Jenny. All right. And she is really wants uh, Allison to come home for her 19th birthday. But Allison's trying to say all the stuff where she can't because she got that warning from when she was 16. So she keeps saying like, oh, I don't think so. I'm just going to stay with Pete. I don't want to come. And then, of course, Jenny is doing the the aunt and family thing. Oh, you have to come. Your Uncle Dennis hasn't been feeling well lately. And he might be on his last leg. And he'd really like to see you because he always likes seeing you on your birthdays. And eventually that did it for Allison. So then she agrees to show up because she wants to see her uncle Dennis before he supposedly is getting sick and might pass away. Yep, we were spe- she was specifically told not to do this. Yes, so she already had a warning, but you know, now we 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 found out that Jenny and Dennis are the ones who took care of her pretty much her whole life because her her family at a young age passed away. So this is when she also says, like Pete, like it's kind of weird. Like I'm kind of weird about going to this house because when I was 16. This weird shit happened when I was like playing with my friends 
And they warned me not to go back to the house on my 19th birthday. And Pete's like, well, I'll just come with you. And they eventually agreed to go to the house together. And they're going to be there on Wednesday because her birthday is on Thursday. All right. So now we have, um, oh, by the way, the, uh, the girl who died by the bookshelf, her name was Chrissy. So... What a character she was. She was the one that was possessed. Yes. Yeah, that's basically she's never in the movie again. Yeah, because yeah, and it, it basically, basically, Allison was telling Pete about Chrissy and what happened and how she died by bookshelf. Mm. Uh, so a bit of type. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I first I thought she was death, injured, and she's like, no, bookshelf. she's passed away. So, so death by bookshelf. I was like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Death by bookshelf. Yeah. So now Pete and Allison, they drive to the house. And boy, did you see Pete's car over here? What a piece of fucking junk. Like, I don't know where this shit came from. I kind of liked it. I thought it was cool. It's almost, it's like, it's, I'm sure there, it's a thing. Like it's a car I've never seen before, but it's like a, it's almost like a dune buggy kind of like it has no doors on it. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. It kind of was like a, like a Jeep type, I guess. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Kind of like a Jeep. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to describe. So this is when they're kind of talking about like ghosts and possession and stuff and how they both feel about it, because you know they were she was they were she was telling them about that story when she was sixteen about her friend basically got possessed, and like Pete doesn't know how he feels about it. Um, she said like Allison is basically convinced like ghosts and stuff are interested interested in her because of that experience that she had before. Mm-hmm. So they arrive at the house. Um, so this is also too when um, Allison was telling Pete that her aunt actually brews like potions or like she's like a she does like her, her herbal stuff like that's what she's big into. Right. This is foreshadowing stuff. This is all foreshadowing. Yes. So this is when they all meet. Uh, you know they they introduce Peter to the whole family. Um. You know, eventually Pete goes away because I guess he he's not going to stay exactly with Allison at the place. But I think Pete is staying with. I couldn't tell if the guy was his dad or or was his like friend, because he kept saying old man. So I assume it was his dad. That's what I was thinking. Like he was there visiting his dad, and she was going to visit her family for her birthday, and that they happened to be from the same town or whatever. Yes. So, while this is happening, you know, we're just showing some little, like, family time. You know, they all meet each other. Um, Eventually, um, the family is talking to Allison um, about, like, hey, you know, don't ever venture off on the side of the house. She's she's wondering, like, why? how come you guys never wanted me to go over there? They just said, like, it's dangerous because there could be some snakes and some sort of bugs over there that can get onto you. You know, I've been meaning to fix it up. I just haven't had the time. All right. So this is also when Peter, he's leaving. He's checking out his dad, I guess. His new car. They say something about like cereal. He got it out of a cereal box. Okay, we're having more dialogue. We got it. There's a lot of that in this movie. There's a lot, yes. There's a lot of like just stuff, just like, it's kind of like almost filler in a way. I mean, I get where we're building up the characters, but it's just like a lot of like, just like little things. Yeah, there's a lot of filler in this, like a lot of fo- what we call foreshadowing. Yes. Like there's like a, it's like 90 minutes long and there's like a, like, you know, 
an hour and 10 minutes of foreshadowing. But anyway. Yes. So this is when Allison, she wants to take her walk. Um, they were, you know, they're warning her about the back. They didn't even, they just call it the back. All right. And right. then eventually, we'll the back. yeah, eventually she's on the swing set. We see an old lady stare at her from, from, a, from the, from the window. And then eventually Allison's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go back over here. I'm going to go to this place. I was never supposed to go to as a kid. <laughs> and she's walking around this fucking gate, looking around. There's like some weird music going on. She opens up the barn door. She's like, she hears like this breathing sound. Like, hey, hey. <laughs> She's like looking through the trees. <laughs> and then eventually, like, she sees a bunch of stones that look like Stonehenge. She hears some more breathing yes. and she runs out of the doors, freaked out. All right. And then she gets back up, dusts herself off, and gets right back on the swing. <laughs> and then the window lady starts, stops staring at her. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is when we have Dean. I'm going to say it was Dean or Dennis. It was it's Dean. Dean. It's Dean, Dean my boy. Yeah. My bad. I thought it was Dennis. And she's all, he, Dean shows up. He's basically like, hey, you're getting a little sleepy. And she's like, no, but I went back there in the in the back. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, oh, well, what did you see back there? She's all like, I didn't, he's like, I was like, yeah, I've been meaning to clean it up. There's a lot of snakes out there. And she's like, I didn't see any snakes, but I did see some uh, stones. He says, oh, Stonehenge. he's like, yes, he's like, yes, uh, we had a, uh, 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 we had a, um, we had a apprentice of a Stonehenge person who used to live here and he was doing different archaeological, archaeological, uh, test out there to test out his theory of, of these stones. So he basically is making up some sort of story of why there's some stone shit out there. Yeah. That it was built by the previous owner or whatever. The yes. guy that previously lived there. And then they go back inside, and then the phone rings, and it's Peter. All right. And then, so basically, we get a scene where Allison wants to go hang out with Peter all day, but Dean and Jenny want them to hang out. She wants uh, Allison to hang out only with them to go meet, you know, do some stuff to prepare for her birthday party. And they're also wondering, um, if they can, she could stay with them today. But uh, Jan, but Alice, um, but uh, Allison was like, "No, I want to hang out with Peter all day." Uh-huh. This is also too when Jenny gives a little uh, drink to help Allison sleep as well. Uh, could it be a potion? Yes, a potion. <laughs> and this is when this is when uh, Allison, she's like grabbing a guitar. She eventually unpacks, turns out the light. Now she's sleeping. The door opens. We see a wheelchair person, and eventually the uh, the wheelchair person knocks the guitar over. It's some old lady. She freaks out. Allison starts screaming, and of course Jenny comes in. And is like, "Oh, let's get her out of here. Get out of here!" And she's like, "Who the fuck is this person?" And she's like, "Oh, well, that's Grandma Thorne." And, and she's like, "Never met before." She's like, "Who the hell is my Grandma Thorne?" She's like, "Oh, it's your great grandma." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "You may you might have met her when you were very young." She has come down to see you for your birthday. She And she says, like, she's not really right. She's like 100 years old right now. I was about to say she's over 100 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and she has to stay stay in the bed because the trip has worn her out. She just wanted to see you. Uh, she just got a little surprised and wanted to see you, Jenny. And then she says, good night. 
And then this is when they're in the morning time now. Um, they're eating some breakfast and stuff. The Jenny apologizes for Grandma Thorne. Um, this is when, you know, they were like kind of like trying to like convince her again to stay with them all day. But she's like, no, I'm going out with Peter. Then she just runs out of there and goes out with him. This is when she tells Peter all about what she saw yesterday when she saw Grandma Thorne and she never met her before. Uh, talk about the Stonehenge that she saw out there as well. So building some seeds in the movie of telling Peter all about the strange stuff that's happening in this house so far. And she even says, like, there's something strange about the house and there's something strange about this whole trip. And she also says, like, she's going to be... Uh, she also said she had some, like, nightmares that, that, that night too as well. So this is also too when Allison is telling Pete, like, hey... I want you to come to my um, birthday party. All right. It's going to be around uh, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And he's like, okay, I'll be there. Don't worry about it. And then this is when they have, this is when they like um, head back and they're about to, this is when it's like, hey, we should head back because it's going to be raining because they're at the beach right now. And Jenny's like, I don't want to go back there. And then Peter's like, oh, you can just stay at my place while the, while the, while the, uh, while the old man is doing a, a music show because they don't want to get interrupted by their friend. So we're showing that there's some feelings between Peter and Jenny. So we never got like confirmed that they were boyfriend and girlfriend, but I think, you know, obviously they, they were getting to that point. Yeah. That's kind of what I took is that yeah. they were kind of dating. Cause especially the way like a little earlier in the movie, when she shows up at the DJ booth or whatever, because I couldn't tell if he worked at the radio station or if he worked at the uh, record store. But you remember when she walks into the booth with uh, with a tape recorder that was playing and it caused mm -hmm. the feedback. And he was like, I don't know how many times I have to tell you not to bring your tape recorder in here near the microphones. Like, yeah. I don't know how many times that had possibly happened, but I guess more than once. So I, I kind of got the feeling that they'd been seeing each other for a while. Yes. And this is when they're at the house. They basically tell each other they, they love each other and then they both fall asleep. And then they wake up and eventually they go back to um, Allison's house at night. And then Allison asks if they can go hang out tomorrow as well. Because she doesn't really want to stay at the house too much. Too much weird stuff is going on for her. So this is when Peter runs in to Dean. Dean he says, hey, we haven't seen Allison for a long time. And we feel like that you are going to like interrupt that a little bit. And Peter's like, you know, she wants to hang out with me. Like, you know, she's, she's not very comfortable staying at this house and stuff. And then Dean's like, listen, like, we want you to just back off a little bit. Just stay away. And then Peter's like, I'm not. Like, I'm even coming to her birthday. He's like, what? You can't come to her birthday. It's only family only. She's like, well, she invited me and everything. And then eventually he's like, the Dean's like, listen, little kid. You don't know what you're trying to mess with or trying to get into. And then eventually we see Jenny and Allison arguing about Pete coming over. You know, because Allison wants Pete to come over for her birthday, but the family is like, hey, this is only family only. We can't have any of these strangers come in. So they start fighting about it. Does seem a little weird so far, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So it's getting a little, little yeah. crazy. And then, of course, after this, the aunt is agreeing, like, okay, we'll let Peter in stuff. And he gives her another drink. Probably she's giving these potions to set her up and have these nightmares on her. 
She's like, don't worry, everything will be all right. Everything will be worked out. And of course, Dean's like, hey, that little Pete guy, he's becoming a problem. We need to take him out. And Jenny's like, don't worry. When I said everything will be all right, everything will be all right. She has a plan to get Peter out of there. All right. This is actually my favorite scene of the movie. There wasn't a whole lot, you know, but this scene was like really funny. I don't know, I don't know if you caught it. So Allison is sleeping now. All right, she's having dreams. We're in a we're we're in the back uh, garden area with the stone hedges. Okay, this is a dream. It's like a cult ritual going on, and this is when we first hear the chant: "Ex Allah Merda, Ex Allah Merda, Ex." I like this. This is awesome. <laughs> and then we see a girl standing at the fucking stone thing. Saying, yeah. possess me. Take over my body. Possess me. Do it. I need the power, you know. And then we see that blue light. Kind of looks like He-Man. Something from He-Man coming, like, coming right up to you. Like they're portering. And my favorite this, part about this... My favorite part about this scene was like when she was talking and everything. And people were just like... At first they were chanting along with each other. X, X dollar murder. X dollar and then like she's like talking and stuff and then and then like she's like saying things and he pauses and the guy's like X dollar He's like Hey Bob you fucked it up man you're not supposed to say anything Like I can't really I hope I explain it. So basically we they're they're like a, a ritual. They're all like people from like the Undertaker's cult there and like right. we have the girl uh, the the girl that has taken over like the the Marian spirit and everybody's like yeah. uh, chanting along, but then this one guy just splits it out without chanting with anybody, right? Like, right yeah, right in the middle. Was, the timing was <laughs> yeah, the timing, timing was wrong. off. And I yeah, just got, so everybody was chanting it, and everybody was supposed to stop, but this one guy does. He just kept going. X dollar. Yeah, that's, and then that's he said why it, the spell doesn't work at this point. <laughs> and then he said it very under his breath, like X dollar. Oh, wait, am I supposed to say that now? Shit. And then I was looking over at my and my shoulder, like fuck, Bob, you fucked it up, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> asshole we're trying to try like to get our fucking thing out of here asshole like i can't re- figure out why this was in the movie like was it supposed to be comedic relief or are we supposed to laugh at that or like i don't think so but that part is so funny <laughs> now i get it right now but we're trying to do some foreshadowing of what's going to happen to our girl allison so you know we're, right. we're showing that you know the spirits and stuff is going to take over our body and shit it's just that that one actual scene which is funny i'll probably play a clip of it Myrna. Axe Carl Myrna. Myrna. Axe Carl Myrna. 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 Myr
Come, thou angel of the darkest night, mistress of the great old ones, I beg thee, come to us. I, thy humble servant, Isabel Thorne, offer thee my body. Come, Mistress Myrna. Come to me. Possess me. Excar Myrna. Possess me. Possess me. Possess me. Possess me. Because the guy was like, everybody's chanting, and this guy's like, Hex down, man. Oh, shit. I said that. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did I ruin it? <laughs> I was supposed to stop, but that, yeah. I, I ruined the spell. And then, of course, we get, you know, we, we see it's one person's face, and then we see it's now Allison's face. So we're, we're led to believe that this younger person was supposed to be the Grandma Thorn in her young age, and then now Allison is, is the new person that's going to be taking over the body. All right, so then they all say, all hail murder, all hail murder. And they all start laughing for some reason. Or, or the person starts laughing. And then Allison wakes up all freaked out. And then she just goes back to sleep. So now Peter has shown up at the house in the morning time. Dean answers. Peter says, I'm here to pick her up. It says, it's like, Dean's like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, she hasn't woken up yet. She's still sleeping. And then he comes inside everything, and Dean's like, oh, she's for Allison. Like, oh, she hasn't come up yet. And then Allison eventually comes down looking all drunk, and then she eventually faints, and all like, take her back upstairs. So they take her back up to the room, and then Jenny now calls the doctor. Yeah, the, the fake doctor. Jeremy L- Lyle. This fucking guy. <laughs> this guy wanted to, he, he, this guy was auditioning for James Bond. Okay, because he was trying to be a James Bond villain the best he could with this fucking guy's acting. All right, he shows up. He's all like, yes, I see that she has experienced some sort of anxiety, uh, 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 some sort of uh, anxiety, um, uh, tiredness that she, she, she's dealing with right now. And, you know, no, nervous, n- no, nervous, tired. Like she's nervous, so she's making herself tired over here. Yes. And eventually, when he gets a diagnosed, diagnosed, uh, Peter goes up. Yes. He goes up to Jeremy. He's all like, hey, are you sure that's like the right thing? Because, you know, I've been with Allison for a while and she doesn't really have a lot of like nervous, tired anxiety and stuff. He's like, oh, you're overthinking this, son. Uh, She'll be okay in a couple of days. Just don't you worry about it. Just let her get some rest. All right. And this is when we, we see Peter. He's now calling to see if this Lyle is a real doctor or not. And of course, he's mm-hmm. not registered anywhere. So boy, no, Peter... He's not a real doctor. Shocking, yes. right? Shocking. Jeremy, Dr. Jeremy Lyle. <laughs> this guy. It's almost, it's almost like a soap opera. I know. It's getting there. You know, so far. It's like, a, it's, like, it's like a soap opera. Yeah. So now Peter is now calling to speak with Allison, but she is still sleeping. And he's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. not right. So now it's nighttime. Peter shows up at the house. He breaks into the back of the house. He's inside the house looking around and he eventually wakes up Allison. He's all like, hey, you okay? She's like, she's just having some bad dreams. She's all freaking spaced out because basically she's been poisoned. And, and I like our boy Peter's like, okay, I'm gonna like look around the house just to make sure everything's okay. 
all right? And then, like, <laughs> he, like, walks around to different rooms. Well, he asked Jenny, like, hey, which rooms are you, like, Jenny and Dean stay in so I don't go to their rooms, but I'm going to go check out this house to see if there's anything weird here. Um, so he's So Peter is now walking through the house, and he eventually creeps his way in to the Grandma Thorne's room. And he opens up the curtains, and she's there with her eyes wide open. And our poor, our boy Peter's like, oh, this is too creepy for me. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yep, time to go. So he grabs Allison. It's like, hey, we got to get out of here. They run downstairs. And, of course, they run into Jean. Uh, um, <laughs> they run into Jenny, Dean, Jenny. and Jeremy. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we're getting out of here. You know, this is some weird shit going on over here. And then... And, and they're like, hey, you know, that's not going to happen, you know. And then Peter's like, listen, Allison's old enough to make her own decisions around here. So we want to leave, but we want to leave. And he's like, get out of my way, sir. Please get out of my way. And then Jeremy just like sneaks around and they, they walk right in front of him. And our boy Jeremy does the lethal, he does the lethal nerve pinch. Mm-hmm. Gets him. And then he nerve pinches Allison and he knocks them both out. So... We have gotten them. We have gotten the lethal nerve pinch in this movie. Yeah. So now we have. Uh, we know that they're definitely up to no good, right? Yes, exactly. They're up to no well, good. We don't know exactly why. Yes. So yeah, we're say, we know that they want they want Allison to stay in the house to do this particular ceremony right when she turns nineteen at a particular time. That's all we know yeah. right now. All right. Does so, Allison does Allison know this at this point? No, she knows some. That's she knows there. She knows there's some weird shit going on. But what happens is during this scene, Peter wakes up. There's some cops right there. They're like, "Hey, the the family's like, hey, this guy broke into our house and was trying to take our our niece away." And he's like, "No, it wasn't. Like she wanted to get out of here. Like they're making it up." And he's like, "Just go talk to Allison. She'll tell you. Just go talk to Allison." But before all this happened. Jeremy put Allison under a spell with his pocket watch. Yes. So when the cops go never up there. Never fails. Yeah, never fails. So when he goes up there and he talks to Allison, the cops do. Allison's like, yeah, this guy, we dated once and stuff. He tried to break in here, tried to grab me again. He's not supposed to be in here. And then he's like, what the hell's going on? Peter's like, what the hell? You know, what's going on, Allison? And then eventually the cops take him out. And then, and then Peter's like, well, how about you go into this other room and see this old lady? She had a bunch of like tarot cards and shit around there. And then, the, then the, Jamie is like, oh, that's just our old uh, mother. She just uh, has a little couple of those cards around there just for fun stuff. And the cop's like, I've seen enough. You tell me enough. Oh, the niece <laughs> told me all we needed to know. We'll put his ass in the jail. Yep. And then this is when the uh, Jenny, the aunt, excuses herself and goes, talks to Jeremy and with... Um, with Allison passed out, and she's saying like, "Yeah, I'm kind of, um, you know, I'm kind of feel a little, uh, got a little fond of Allison." And this is where our boy Jeremy is like, "I can't believe you just said that. For somebody in your power, you should be the most how important that this is to our plan of execution." Try to do this guy's voice right because he was something. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go like, uh, "Is like." It's like, we've been waiting for this a long time. Marion's been waiting this for a long time. So, and then they also say like, oh, I'm glad we got rid of that Pete guy. He's like, nah, he'll probably get bailed out in the morning time. So we still got to like keep an eye on him. And of course, Peter gets bailed out in the morning time. 
by his dad or friend, whoever this guy was. And the guy's like, oh, I really got to hear what, how you got in this story. And Peter's like, oh, I can tell you later. So now we have somebody following Peter. Okay. And this guy is in a blue car. And he's known as Michael. So now Peter has decided to visit his friend that he hasn't seen in two years. Her name is Sally. All right. Sally is like some sort of hippie chick who used to be like into cult stuff and talking about cult stuff and rituals and stuff, but she got out of it to go commercialized. And I swear to God, Allison, you know, I think she said, she's like, yeah, I got commercialized and I have meetings. I was like, are you telling me she has like an OnlyFans page in 1981? (laughs) I was like, what does that mean, commercial, and I've gone like public or speaking? Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, are you you doing like webcam tapes or something? I was like, okay. Yeah, she's basically the uh, the girl that you know that reads tarot cards. Yes. So, you know, and eventually she's like, so Peter's asking like, hey, you know, do you still dabble in all that stuff? She's sounds like, no, I don't dabble into it anymore because when I did, you know, I, I was getting into some freaky stuff was happening. I just kind of got out of everything. He's like, okay, well, I, have you ever seen this symbol before? He, It's the same symbol that we see on uh, uh, Allison's necklace. And she's like, oh, I haven't really seen it, but it kind of looks familiar. And then she starts looking it up. It's like, oh, I found it. This right here is a symbol for the for the Celtic uh, demon named Marion. Myrna. Myrna. I always say the fucking name wrong. Myrna. Ex ala Myrna. Uh, Ex ala Myrna. So... And they're, they're basically talking about the whole history of this thing. Well, basically what it is is a Celtic demon. And it's a powerful female demon. And it gets power from a stone that's blue. And its favorite number is 19. Mm-hmm. Got all that? The He-Man stone. Yes, yeah. the He-Man stone and its favorite number this is, is like 19. The, this is like the third time we've mentioned He-Man this month, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Well, anytime we see those graphics of yeah, like blue lights and like shit, He-Man. it just automatically reminds me of the He-Man movie. Yeah. All right. So now we're 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 getting some more, you know, stuff like saying like, you know, because all this time the Michael guy is sitting there around, around his car, kind of spying on everybody. So this is like when they're he's like, this is when Peter's like, I got a story to tell you. So he tells him he tells Sally all about the story, what's happening to to Allison, and eventually Sally's like, okay, I'm gonna do some more research on this demon um and then maybe you should go down to the to to do some research about allison's parents the history of their parents maybe we can find something from there so they spread apart and this is when our boy peter he does some investigation work at a library straight old school so the library to find out something and he fucking opens up a fucking old magazine or not not like a mold records of newspapers yeah and oh yeah so before all this stuff too so apparently the 19 is the big number so basically so they kind of figured out what's happening now they said around 7 p.m allison will turn 19 years old and it just so happens to be the star calendar of what they believe in the the cultic irish star calendar this is actually the 19th year 
So basically, it's a very special day at a very special time. They're going to be doing this particular ceremony. So they figured all that stuff out too as well. So this is when we see uh, Peter looking at some sort of birth calendar newspaper and the name Baker comes up. Baker was March 15, 1960 to Richard and Dauphine and they had a daughter named Allison Bothwell. And he circles the paper and he writes Baker question mark. Oh. <laughs> yes. I love that part. Yes. Um so now now we he sees he's going on some more that same book with the newspapers. It says it reads a baby was missing from the hospital. Parents of stolen baby have now been killed. So it's like, hmm, I wonder if that's related to Baker and Allison. I don't know. Yeah, we got the uh, old stolen baby gimmick. Yes. And then the they die by a car smashing claims. Tragic couple. So now Peter is trying to get records on Baker. And the lady is like, no, nah, I ain't going to give you those records. He's like, well, why not? He's like, well, you ain't no family member. He's like, well, he died like 20 years ago. I'm like a friend of the person that might be it. She's like, no. He's like, okay, what if I just give you like a, a prescription of what they look like? Will that work? You're not, you're not going to lose anything. She's like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's a technicality. We'll do that. So they go into the record room and he's all like, okay, it has brown eyes and black hair. She's like, no, idiot. Fucking don't you know anything about babies? They'll have blue eyes until they turn older. He's like, oh, fuck. That's the only two things I had. <laughs> she's like, okay. Was the baby born at 7 p.m. on the dot? And she's like, yep, you got it. Okay, well, fuck. That was that easy. And then she's like. It was that easy. So, and then he's like, hey, uh, by the way, what would you need to, like, steal a baby? Or, like, <laughs> what would you need to, like, you know, get some information to take a baby? Oh, she means, like, oh, you mean, like, steal it? I was like, yes. It was like, well, basically you need like a, you would need somebody on the inside, you know, like a doctor or something or somebody. He's like, oh, a doctor. I think I might know you mean, one. Yeah. It might I be that guy, Jeremy Lyle. Could it be Dr. Lyle? Yes. Now we hear yes. a phone so, ring. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so, yeah, so I thought when I got to this point, like, I was, like, literally exasperated with the movie at this point, because he goes <laughs> to find these records, oh, God. and then she doesn't give him the records, because yeah. if she had given him the records, the movie would have been a lot shorter. I know. The plot needed, <laughs> the plot needed him not to be able to get the records, God, so that we could extend Exactly. Let's just, like, come on now. Like, <laughs> let's just do some filler on this motherfucker, okay? Right. So now we get a call from Michael. Michael is the guy in the blue shirt and the blue car chasing down Peter. And, 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 and Jeremy is like, okay, what's the status? He's like, well, Peter has been at the library all day. I think he's like figuring out some shit over here. I think he knows what's going on. And Jerry's like, okay, looks like we're almost in time for the ceremony. We can't have any distractions. You need to take him out and kill him. And then Michael's like, I'll call the crew. So this is when we see Peter. He's coming out now. He sees Michael put a piece of paper onto his car. This is a weird scene too. Like Michael just walks up, stares at him, put a paper on his put it puts a piece of paper on his car, and then goes in his car and drives off. Peter looks at the paper. It says "Last warning: Stay away from Allison" with a little symbol on there. Then we have a car chase. All right, boy, what a car chase this was. 
And then we're, we're now we're in the graveyard and we're running yes. through the graveyard. And th this is like, I'm, I'm recapping this fast, but all this probably took like 20 minutes. Okay. Like yeah, it felt it like forever. forever. Yeah. Eventually we see a bunch of guys look like a bunch of butlers in like fucking uh, suits <laughs> show up out of nowhere. And there's one guy with the pitchfork. Hey, I was going to ask, why Why are they all wearing tuxedos? Well, the only reason I could think of is because maybe when you go to rituals, you have to, under your cloak, you have to have a tuxedo. You have to dress up when you go to rituals? Yes. Yeah, I guess so. So, I they're, guess so they're like, listen, we got to take care of this fucking Peter guy. All right. X all murders is fucking going to be, we got to get our shit going. Okay. <laughs> so this is when they chase him all down. They eventually corner him. They grab his ass. The only guy that wasn't in the tuxedo was that Michael guy. And they're about to pitchfork his ass until Peter's like, hey, you know, you guys don't want to hurt me now. I, I know I know the real story behind Allison. It's like, they're like, okay, what are you talking about? It's like, I got proof. I got proof that Allison is the wrong baby because she was actually born at 7.05 and there was another baby born at the same time around 7. So your man, Lydell, has got the wrong baby. He's like, uh -oh. prove it. He's like, I got the paper in my pocket. And eventually the guy that picks for us like, okay, let me see that shit. I didn't like that guy anyway. <laughs> so he gives him a piece of paper, but he tricked him. He grabs the pitchfork, tell him to go back off, and he starts running. He fucking sprints, let me, grabs into his car, yes. and drives out of there. When he's like, hold on, let me fall for your for your trick. Yeah. So, then I can, if, so you can escape. And then my, one of my favorite parts when he was done escaping, the guy with the pitchfork was like, okay, let me read that paper he gave me. Oh, fuck, it's just a police statement. Well, guess what? Even if he goes to the police, it doesn't matter. They would have to get a search warrant, and by then, the ritual will be all done. So we're yep. good and golden. Fuck that guy. We're out of here. <laughs> Peter now goes to wash up. Okay? Now he's talking to Sally. He's like, hey. And Sally's like, okay, I found out some more, more history behind this cult. And now she gives her the whole story behind this cult, where it's fucking like, uh, the story was... Uh, about like 84 years ago, they, they were out, I guess, in Ireland. And there was like this group of this lady named Thorn. And they used to yes. do rituals of uh, having this that creature, Marion. Uh, uh, Myrna. Yes. Myrna. Fuck. The, the fucking uh, um, take over their bodies. They were just doing it for fun, I guess. Until I guess. one day, it stayed in the body. And now... Every 84 years when the whoever the Myrna uh, um, took over is getting old, she wants to go to a newer body. And that's what they were doing for the longest time until one period the townsfolk figured out what they were doing. And I guess like killed a bunch of them, but a bunch of them snuck over to the border and it just so happens they're in this particular town now and are doing this ceremony tonight. Yes. So, that so this is this is what you call the exposition dump. Yes. So like a few minutes ago, Sally knew nothing about what he's talking about, and yes. he knew she knew nothing about Myrna or any of these people. But now she knows everything all of a sudden. Oh, in the meantime, while you were being chased by butlers, I found out everything that you need to know to make this plot go forward. Yes, exactly. And now he's like, "Well, I'm going to go there and bring a gun from the old man." She's like, "You don't need a gun. What you need is a cross." <laughs> you need a cross you need a, you need a cross and a gun he's like oh, okay i'll grab me one of those a cross and a gun <laughs> oh boy okay so they wake up allison and then allison is now she's feeling all rotten 
She's like, hey, let's go downstairs. Everybody's waiting for your birthday. She's like, I can't go out like this. I look crap. I'm like, oh, you look fine. Don't worry about it. And then they eventually have her going. It's like, hey, where are we going to this room first? She's like, well, the grandma Thorne's not feeling well, but she really wants to see you. So we're all going to go in here first, and we're all going to say happy birthday. Then we're going to go party. So they get in there, and of course, they trap her. And we see Jeremy yeah, of course. with his little pocket watch saying, one, two, three, prepare her. Peter, this is a funny part too. Peter just goes into a church and grabs a cross and leaves and a priest chases them down. And then he drives out and the priest is like, oh, fuck, not again. <laughs> you know what this scene remind me of? Remember when we did um, oh, God. Prince of Darkness? Wasn't yes. there a scene where the guy like randomly went to a church and just grabbed a fucking cross? Yeah, he was trying to steal the cro- some holy water or something yeah. and a cross, and the priest catches him and then lets him have it because of the situation, I guess. Yeah. This but in priest- this one, he just steals the crucifix and then... Yeah, the guy was like, oh, fuck it, not again. So now we are at the ritual. Ex-collar murder. Am I saying that right? Ex-collar murder, yeah. Ex-collar murder. It it, I, I, at first, I didn't really know what they were saying. I did ex-collar murder... It's an X-Collar murder. Like, what, what's going on here? But it's X-Collar murder. And then now this is Jeremy talking, you know, lead the way, open the gates. Um, they said they, they have the, the old lady in a wheelchair. They're kind of like spacing her right in front of the rock. They have Allison up there kind of like a in a daze. And then, um, you know, while, while this is happening, Peter's rushing down to get there. It's nighttime, by the way. He sees a bunch of guards, gets back to his truck. Or his car runs into the the guys, get him away. Goes up to the house, doesn't see doesn't see Alice in her room. Doesn't see the old lady in the her room too. So it's like, oh fuck, it's happened. He goes into the door. Well, he goes into a room, and the guards are outside. So he snucks out the window, and he's like, he knows where they're going. So he goes down to the ritual. So we see more of the ritual. Um, you know, they're saying like. Uh, you know, let there be light, come out over here, get the stuff happening. Um, and then boom, Peter shows up right during where the, uh, the blue light was coming out of the necklace into, uh, one Alice and Peter shows up, has a cross around everybody is about to like back him off from the shooting. He eventually tells like, come on, Allison, we gotta get out of here. Gotta get out of here. And Allison's like, throw the cross at them. So he crosses the cross at them. They're running through the back. Eventually, Peter falls. He's all like, fuck. I fucked up my ankle. Here, take this gun and get out of here. Get out of here. And then eventually, Allison's all like, you shouldn't have threw away the cross. And Peter's like, what? He's like, yes. If you wouldn't have thrown away the cross, maybe I wouldn't have gotten into Allison's body. Uh Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, shit. And eventually, he fucking shoots the fucking Peter. And then after this, we see um, the cops are over and they're giving a story like, yeah, we're, we're trying to celebrate Allison's birthday, but this Peter guy just shows up with a gun trying to, you know, trying to take her away from us and stuff. And eventually got overpowered and shot himself. And, you know, we're just... Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, we, we knew he was like, acting like the cops. Like, yeah, that guy was just pretty crazy, wasn't he? <laughs> and then we see the old lady Thorne wakes up in her bed and she wakes up, and we have now seen that she has been up, uh, Allison. Basically, she has been taken over by Allison, 
And she's like, yeah. oh, man, what's going on? She's like, oh, Allison, you know, you, you failed it again and stuff. She's like, I just don't know what's been going on with me lately. I've just been so tired and out of it. She's like, oh, how's my birthday go? She's like, oh, well, we were done with your birthday. It's already been celebrated. She's like, oh, man, well, where's Peter at? You know, me and him have to go work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. I, I just imagine, like, they were, you know, they work in a retail store and, like, all this shit happened to them. And the retail store is like, fuck, man, we, we, I, I ain't fucking hiring no kids anymore. All right, they fucking they don't show up to work. <laughs> too many demon cults yeah, too and many all kinds of shit yeah. that they always get involved with. Yeah, and then eventually Jane's like, well, you're not going to work anymore. You're going to be staying here with us. And eventually Allison's body that's been taken over now walks in with the with the little necklace on her. And then eventually Allison realizes she's in an old person's body and freaks out. And, now, and then it just says, Allison, age 103. And then we leave the movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> So all of that basically just uh, 104 led up to, yeah, it basically just led up to that one final scene where we find out that the old lady and Allison had transferred uh, souls or whatever. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, so now Allison's trapped in the old body and she's about to die, I guess. And then the old lady who's been going on forever has been transferred into Allison's younger 19-year-old body. Yes. Or Myrna, I guess. Yes, that the creature is actually. It's very rare that a, a movie where the, the the actual demon and everything is one. So we have had a complete transformation, and everything went according to plan. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a downer ending. So very, it's kind of an interesting movie. I mean, I, I can see where it plays up a little bit to the folk core when it comes to like this very old creature who, like, very old Celtic demon female creature has taken over souls for 85 to maybe thousands of years now the thing is they never really explain is okay once she actually transformed what does she actually do like does she like just act like a normal person does she like do bad things like what does this actual demon do when she actually completes her transformation and takes over a person's body Right. Like what I took out of it was that all she does is just transfer bodies for to live as a human forever. Yeah. Cause, there, cause there's no real point. Like they never talk about any, any point for her to, to be transferring bodies. It's not like she has to do that Yeah. because you know, she, she has a supernatural body, I guess, but she just keeps transferring bodies over every 100 years or whatever. Yeah. But it's like you know when the actual thing happens, like what 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 else happens? Like what what is, is this, does she have some sort of like powers or something that we don't know about? Or she doesn't it, seem to. Yeah, it just oh here you are, here's a new body. Like what do you? I don't know. So yeah, it was a uh, it was an okay movie. I would say, you know, not not the yeah, strongest one I've okay. ever seen, but you know, definitely not. It, it was way too long. Like if it was maybe an hour long, it would have been, I think, more effective. Um, there's just way too much of like Pete running around and them going to the beach and talking about shit and stuff yeah. like that. Like it just like it was like almost super foreshadowing that there wasn't like a really like there's a payoff to it, but it was just like okay, well it's like you like you didn't take any of the warning. You know what I mean? You didn't try to leave when you had some bad signs and stuff and you, you eventually got tricked and then you know it's kind of like the baby face it's like a dumb baby face you know what i mean yes like they tried to come over with it you didn't really it just none of your plans worked all right what happened to sally are they gonna come out there sally now like I don't, who knows 
So right, but you know, this has been a fun month though here on the Retro Blood. Talk about all about the folk horror. Yep. So we have now completed this month, and we're about to be transitioning into a new month of April. Yes. And I'm actually pretty excited about this April because we have a jam-packed month for you guys. We already had this is very rare. We actually have all the movies planned out already. Yes. That we're going to be doing. Hell yeah. So we are going to be doing de- uh, Demonic Demons next yep. month here Demonic on the Buds. And we're going to be doing a very rare um, month where we're actually talking about the same movies, but they're sequels as well, too. Because we are going to be talking about Evil Dead 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about Demons 1 and 2 as well. So yeah. I can't wait for all that. Of course, Evil Dead and the first Evil Dead and Demons are like one of my favorite movies of all time. Those both of them are, are fantastic. Evil Dead 2 is also a very fun movie, even though it's a lot different than the first one in some ways. Yeah. And then we're going to have a lot to say about those. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Demons 2, as I actually never seen that one yet. So that should be very fun when we start talking about all that. So, everybody, yep. join us next week here on the Retro Blood. For the demonic demons. This has been the folk horror month here on Retro Blood. What a great month it was. Check it all out. Podbeam, Stitcher, Apple, uh, Spotify, all that stuff where you get your Spotify. Check out. Can we get on title? We're not we're not on title. Can we get on title? Yeah, I can look it up on the title. Yeah. You coming for the title, brother? (laughs) Coming for the title. I, I recently switched from Spotify to title, not because of Joe Rogan, but because it's cheaper. Yeah, I never tried Title before, but I'll see if we can get there on there too. So yeah, it has master audio too. So can't yeah. beat that. So it's pretty cool. I like Title a lot. We should get a sponsorship from Title. Yeah, we'll see, buddy. Or at least maybe they should take our podcast. At least yeah, we'll see. What, we'll see what they say. But Allison, <laughs> what song are we leaving everybody? Some ACDC. Yeah, Spellbound. Spellbound, brother. Like our boy Peter. Got spellbound by his love of Allison, even though Allison has turned to the dark side. She has turned into the creature. And she is taking our boy Peter out. But everybody, we're out of here. This has been Retro Blood. This is Spellbound by ACDC. And we'll check you guys later. See you later. See you. See you.